start the podcast. Howdy and welcome to Beers with Engineers, a podcast by Engineering Dads, where if it looks stupid but it works, then it's not stupid. Hurry up! Here, three blokes, Sean, James, and Pat, talk all things engineering, science, tech, maths, movies, entertainment, and news related. I swear I'm going to lose it! Anyways, sit down, relax, crack open a drink, and enjoy the episode. And welcome back to this week's Beers with Engineers, and everyone crack them open. Beautiful. What are we drinking today, by the way, Patty? Um, we're drinking seltzers because our guests love seltzers. Patty oh, Buffalo. Uh, oh, thank you, man. We're not doing it today. <laughs> not on the microphone. Sorry. Welcome to the podcast. Thank Charlie. you. My name is Charlie. Uh, I'm mates of the Bees and Engineers. Yeah, you're and a friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast. Yeah. Friend, of, friend of the podcast and aspiring millionaire. <laughs> a millionaire is not much in this day and age, Patty. The influence is billionaire, billionaire, multi-billionaire. What's after trillion? Quadrillion. What's after quadrillion? Me. Pentillion. <laughs> we can keep going. Charlie, Charlie, now. That's what I'm fucking out yeah. <laughs> No, but this. So we've got Charlie on to talk about a very, a very topic, uh, a topic that is very deep to our hearts. It's not very engineering related, but it has become quite a problem on the old social medias. Charlie, what are we talking mm. about today? So today we're going to be talking about the plague that has entered social media, and that is financial advice and the misinformation <laughs> of kids. Oh, absolutely. I think like every time you open up Instagram, TikTok, um, what are the kids on these days? The old um, Mindspace. The old Vine. The old yeah. Vine. Oh, yeah. I miss Vine so much. Kick? Um, no, more, no more kick? Yeah, yeah. Link- no more kick. Yeah, yeah. LinkedIn, it's- all that stuff. <laughs> it's funny because like a lot of the content creator millionaires like got famous off Vine doing legit shit and that's when Vine was good but now it's just like ridiculous stuff. Uh, it's just mm. it's just a plethora of nonsense. It's all just pure content. I say that as someone who makes TikToks on the regular so like, <laughs> I know exactly where I'm coming from here. But becoming a new age pyramid scheme. It is. It really is. I'm seeing so many about things. Okay, so what are some things, boys, that we've seen on the old TikToks and stuff with giving financial advice for young, new, uh, aspiring investors. I think the ultimate is the how to get rich with no money. Oh, yeah. And what Sean would really love me to say. Yeah. NFTs. Yeah, he said it. (laughs) (laughs) I just peed a little. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, the good old discussion of NFTs. And we've had this topic a few times, the NFTs. NFTs actually gone down like it's actually... Apparently, this keeps on declining. All crypto has gone down in the past. We sh- we sh- mm. Again, we should address the expert in the room. Has NFTs gone down, Charlie? It has. It has? has? Yeah. In, I think, two weeks ago, there was a 23% drop in sales in a seven-day period, which is pretty drastic for, a, a, like, a infant... Yeah. It's in an... It's infant in, technology, like It's yeah. in infancy. It should not be having that sort of drop. No. It's had a slow recovery, but... It does seem to be dropping. It does, yeah. which so is interesting. How does NFTs have a drop? Because the way I understood it is you have different digital assets. They're all different and they have diff- based on different values. So how does NFT as a whole drop? Is it Does it follow the crypto market? Or? As far as my understanding, it relatively follows crypto markets because, when, because most NFTs are built on either Ethereum or Solana blockchain when there's hesitancy. They call it FUD. I'm sure you guys probably know this, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. When there is that doubt towards crypto, that tends to travel on towards yeah. NFTs because people aren't buying crypto, they're not buying NFTs. Also, I think the biggest thing is NFTs at the moment, they are, 
I'd say 92% built on hype. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the second that people get a bit scared of losing money, hype mm. just seems to run off in the wind. Well, one of the ones I've seen online on social media and TikTok is like a podcast that like uh, Logan Paul does or Jake Paul. I don't know. Yeah, one of the impulsive. Paul and they're like, oh, yeah. oh, impulsive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, oh, I just bought this monkey for $187,000. And it's always, and the thing is, Logan Paul doesn't share this. Mm. It's on the NFT pages. They share it around. They want people to be like, guys, NFTs, you gotta start buying mm. into them. I bought this at this and look at how much money I could sell it for. This mm. is guy's a multimillionaire. He's not giving good advice. He's already made it. Why is he giving advice to someone to get into the market? None of us well, are going to be Logan Paul. This is what fucking shits me with people like this. What I see on TikTok and Instagram a lot is people who like buy an NFT when it's really cheap and they're already big on content. They've got a lot of followers and they'll go, hey guys, this new NFT just came out. Get mm. on it. I'm telling you what's going to go. You should have listened to me last time because if I'm like, it's like, no, because you bought it when it was cheap. You promoted it. Everyone else bought it yeah. and inflated it. It's that's, the hype. That's just ridiculous. I don't, Where's the hard work in that? I don't... Okay, I want to actually... I'm, I'm going to disagree with you on this. <laughs> Mainly for the fact that I don't... Like, they might say, I bought this or done that. But I don't think... None of them actually say, you should do it. They just say, I oh, it's, it's not <laughs> no. you should. It's saying, you I must would do you have to do it's this. Just, it's yeah, a bad it's, thing in the crypto market no. as well. There's a lot oh. of people buying just complete hype coins. And so, <laughs> then just coming out and being like, this will be the next Ethereum. Yeah. I don't, well, this will be the next Doge. So one time I came into James's house and on the TV, and this is James's dad watching this, was the top 10 cryptos to buy right now. <laughs> YouTube video. And your dad's into the crypto market and he's got a fairly diverse portfolio. Is that correct? Uh, I'm not going to talk about his financials, but he's into it. Yeah, yeah, he's into it. But the the thing was, right, a lot of these ones that are like the next big thing, I've just hit the market are quite new, very low. The guy who's obviously made this video has just bought probably all of them or like a good stake, made a video, got a few thousand... 100,000 views and now they're buying it and goes, hey, look, I've just gone up 30% of my portfolio. I'm proven, which is what you're talking about. And I'm seeing it everywhere nowadays. Mm. It is rampant. Well, a lot of people even argue that's what Elon Musk did with his... Yeah, 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 absolutely. I don't remember the exact figures when he bought... He put billions into Bitcoin through Mm. Tesla finance and then he posted about Bitcoin and that's what caused... There was like a 14% rise in a day. Yeah. And then... That was a big thing. Like that makes millions, hundreds of million dollars for him. But then the other big thing was a lot of people were complaining that he kind of plays around with people's monies in the sense that like he takes, say the whole Dogecoin phenomena. Mm. That was like a big joke to him. The whole thing was a joke. But to a lot of people, depending on what he would say, would make people a lot of money or lose a lot of money. Mm. So some people were saying like, he's joking around with it, but it's costing millions to people depending whether it's good or bad yeah but if you're buying into the risk if you're buying that investment for the rise you're also buying in that risk and the thing was but I think that's the whole point yeah people don't expect the loss yeah I mean like I think you should you shouldn't be investing significant volumes of your money into a tweet that's your problem. There's yeah. no risk analysis. There's no projection that it's a tweet. Yes. You can make money, but you can also lose it. And that's the one thing is before he did it, he told everyone in Tesla an internal email, hey guys, we're about to accept Bitcoin. Yeah. And so internally, people bought Bitcoin. It then went up the moment they announced it. He then announced it internally that we were going to take it out of the market because it's not that green. And so his employees made a lot of money. They got internal notifications that of what was happening in the company before the price dropped. And it's not 
That's like market shifting. It's not technically illegal. How do you know it's this? It's unethical. Because the emails got leaked. When? Te- Even after- shortly after it happened, yeah, they, said it- they, they said, oh, we're about to cancel Bitcoin payments um, as uh, for Teslas. Okay. Um, just a heads up. And then everyone sold their Bitcoins and then the following day they did it. And then one of the reasons Doge got big is because an email got leaked of Elon Musk being in bed, not in bed, sorry, with the Doge developers like years and years ago. Years back, yeah. Years back and talking about how he's going to make it green. And people saw that and was like, oh, this isn't actually a joke. Elon Musk is dead serious. And I reckon that's one of the reasons Doge hit the fan. But like, I think Twitter is actually good for this sort of stuff, not with the influencers, but because some of the developers actually have Twitter and will post projects coming out. I actually oh, like usually, that yeah. stuff. Like a good example is what we talked about, um, Project Nina on one of our last podcasts. Is Solana kept posting about it and saying this is what it is. Like what you see is what you get, and that's what I like about Solana. It's very like, it's there's no bullshit with that sort of yeah, code. I think that's definitely. why it's become good. Yeah. See, I'd argue the same with uh, crypto. I'm not sure if you guys know about it, Terra or Luna. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a big one where that, I'd never heard changes, of it. Isn't it. Yes, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'd never heard of it. And then I followed their Twitter page and that's been personally like a good investment, but they were pretty upfront and pretty honest about what they're doing. And I think that's great, but it's when that then just gets skewed and every influencer who wants to make a quick buck comes in mm. and it's just and so the, bad. And the, all these people on social media who are telling you to what to buy and whatnot, it's always quick money. And yeah. no investment is quick money. It's not like money is printed out. I oh, sorry, I take that back. Money can be printed out of nowhere, but it's not going to be printed into cryptocurrencies and things. It's printed into loans, into debt, into mm-hmm. long-term investment. Where you know that if you build, I don't know, a massive shopping center, there's going to be finances coming out of that. Yeah, like you can print money for that. That's how it pretty much comes out. Um, I'm not sure if a picture of an ape will <laughs> have the same return. Yeah. yeah, there's not much utility there, which I think is the biggest problem. Mm. I think we sure as shit know that crypto is so volatile because of how uncertain it is. But to sum up what you said, Sean, is like, in the stock market, we've seen so much insider trading, which has caused market shift. Now we're seeing this replicated, but it's not illegal because it's not insider trading. And that's what's causing mm. that extra volatility, which is making it absolutely terrifying. Yeah. I would argue that Elon Musk thing with the emails... It's not technically illegal, but I would argue yeah, that is it's, insider it, trading. It's it's, it's a not social. Public. It's a massive four par. It's not okay. Yeah, because he's he's manipulating the price based on his tweets because he knows he's got that power to mm. do it, and he did it to help his own employees. But again, you're doing that to hurt someone else. Yeah, I mean, yeah, buying into that risk is clear. Like, you well, that. well, you can't like. I don't know much about this, but at the same time, I don't know how what someone says can or the actions they do mm. can manipulate a market it's almost like when he went on the joe rogan podcast and then smoked a massive joint and then on the it, stock and then all, the, all the stocks went down it's yeah, like 50%. why I, I i don't know why they will go down just because of that one act in yeah. my because yeah if he was like oh he's he's not right in mind bro he's just doing him he's like one of the richest guys and he can do whatever the fuck he wants but yeah. that's just not people like elon musk i remember before china had a majority of bitcoin's portfolio they literally like made a policy saying Sorry, China will not accept Bitcoin and the whole market crashed straight away. Yeah. Oh, and then like a few time. months later, they were like, actually, you know what? Bitcoin's cool. Let's buy a lot of it. Goes yeah. back up. Well, so yeah. governments can actually influence this legally. <laughs> yeah, cool. hugely. Mm. Like even just last week, because um, how Russia, whole nother topic with the Russia-Ukraine, but because oh, yeah. they've been frozen out of like global economy, um, there's a lot of billionaires and a lot of like, heavy, heavy money in Russia and they have had all their accounts frozen and can't interact. Yeah, so they've had a high spending on crypto. Like a lot of billionaires in Russia have started buying into crypto. <laughs> um, and that caused 
a quite a big rise. There was like a twelve percent rise on Bitcoin last week just because Shoot. of that. So yeah. it's so volatile. Yeah, exactly. Well, one thing was, isn't it Chelsea was owned by a Russian oligarch who had to sell? Yeah, 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 yeah. that's another thing. Yeah. Did he sell? Or well, they said he can't make any financial profit off the sale of it. Oh. So he has to transfer it without any benefit. Didn't he? I don't know this. I don't know if some one of you guys know. Didn't he sell it and he was going to donate all the funds towards the Russia-Ukraine war to try to look oh, to like, like a good figure? I think like, he was donating he's like, it I am supporting uh, this conflict. I am buying 50 million tanks for Russia. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> oh, so wrong side, wrong side. <laughs> yeah, I think he was supporting... I don't know this, so yeah. take it with a grain of salt, but I think he was selling it and donating it towards Ukraine to help against like the global effort Jeez, yeah. so that he doesn't look like a bad figure. Like He doesn't look like he's just cash-grabbing Chelsea. Yeah, 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 exactly. Wait, yeah. I thought Conor McGregor, like we had talks he... of buying Chelsea. Did anyone hurt? Like, <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> did, did you see that? I was like, you don't have the facilities for that big man. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, it's like worth 20 230 million or something to, to buy the rights to the team and he has like 105 net worth he's a bit short brother I thought <laughs> was, weren't fights. they selling it for this could be way out of line but weren't yeah. they selling it towards a billion probably for the club yeah. I think I thought they were selling it for around a billion Chelsea. and McGregor had um, his oh, whole yeah. net worth is Definitely. 400 mil oh right okay. so he's well off like well well off but yeah a lot like of him and Logan worth. Paul and like a few other influencers just buy a football <laughs> club. That's definitely possible. But I'm um, back, kind of back on topic. Uh, something I want to talk about is in terms of investment, this targeting towards younger people. And you've seen ads for it both locally. Um, oh, guys, here's a new like investment app. No transaction fees. Oh, super good. We're taking taking the fight to the rich. Oh, mm. and the other big one was Robin Hood. You guys mm. all know Robin Hood, yeah. the, the, the trading software, which is like, oh, it's so good. You can buy US and all the, the stocks for low fees. Like eToro and like a Toro, yeah. like that as well. Yeah. Robin Hood was owned by the one of the largest stock trading companies in the world. It was owned by Wall, uh, Wall Street, right? So yeah. the moment, the moment, um, what was it? The, what were they shorting like crazy? Um, uh, GameStop. GameStop. When they started, Wall Street started shorting GameStop, then everyone bought the stock and fucked up the, the short position. Robinhood stopped the transactions from going ahead. Yes, I remember yeah. this. They froze. You yeah. couldn't trade GameStop on Robinhood. Yeah, but Robinhood is like a symbol for stealing from the rich, giving the yes. poor. It's owned by the rich. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what do you I mean? remember this. Yeah, it's a big one. And so they're trying to target new risky investors saying, oh, you guys can go get rich under this new scheme. It's just owned by the other rich companies. Yeah. They well, all I th- are. I think part of it plays into the fact that in today's society, it's kind of become like, I don't know whether it's actually or whether it's just perceived to be harder to make it and it's like mm. harder to become successful. So people are trying to look for a quick way out and a quick way to get rich because there are some quick ways like the fact that someone can buy an ape and sell it for half a million dollars. You can also win the ridiculous. grand jackpot on the pokey machine. That's a quick way. To yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just one of those. Like, it's about the same risk as well. <laughs> that's the thing. Is this is literally turning to gambling and that's what I hate because like I love the idea of investing in ETFs and all that sort of stuff. Is It's just, it's just you're pretty much giving money to support someone's idea or support a business and as a result you get capital given back to you wait ETFs uh, exchange headed funds so it's basically a basket of stocks so oh, for okay. example like safe investment. yeah it's a yeah. portfolio alright cool and I like that And but what I've so what I've noticed lately is I've gone on Instagram and I've had a look at three of my friends stories and it says hey guys I've just mastered the art of NFT and crypto trading hit me up and I'll give oh. you like a free $5,000. Charlie was one of those people. <laughs> no, well, not even this. It's like saying, I'll give you free five grand to start your thing. And then you look at them, you're like, I know this person. They're not that much of a financial boffin. So why are they yeah. doing this? And then you search their name on Instagram and you notice the number two and they go, 
guy's new account, the other one got hacked. So their accounts <laughs> mm. are getting hacked by scammers who post things on their story saying, guess this number right and I'll give you three grand to trade on my platform. I, I did the number to test it out. Ooh. So I was like, all right, give me your bank details right now. And I just blew up at him and I was just like, you know, it sucks that you're not even going to get caught for this. I'll go to jail. And then yeah. I heard the same story. One of my friends from um, uni got like three grand skimmed from their account this, when they tried to do it. This, oh. this really seems like the modern day version of getting the email about you being the son of a Nigerian prince. It is. <laughs> it is. Please donate like a million give dollars. Give me bank details yes. and I will give you a crown. Well, exactly. like, speaking of scamming and like taking money out of people's bank, have you guys ever get like a, a phantom call where you get a random call, oh, you oh, answer oh, it, yeah. nothing happens. It's an Australian number. That is the that's a verification tool. That is a Python program or a software program that checks if the number's active and then it sends you the scam text to save mm. money. That's what right, that phone okay. call is. It's like a little scout to make sure. Mm. Two hundred million dollars from Australian yeah. pockets have been taken out through that scam. Mm. Like we're all across it. We're aware like this is clearly I have no delivery coming today. Not until something. But the older ones, yeah. Is, that's dangerous is this the same one where like someone calls you and you know how old people answer the phone they go yep or yes and you hear a click and, and then they record you saying yes and they use that as verification oh no I haven't heard of that one but the one that the ones where you get a text and has a link if you open that link it'll automatically download a software which is takes your passwords my parents got hit by that they quickly changed it they noticed it because um, emails are going out through like their email notify them like mm-hmm. you've been hacked and they changed everything deleted the email so um, Gets passwords. It scams all your passwords. Ah, okay, so that happened thought... on one of my phones, actually. Yeah. I should actually follow up on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I got told, Google sent me a message saying, hey, we found your password online. Heads up, change mm-hmm. it. And I found out it was my... I had my parents' Netflix account in. <laughs> um, and they said they found their email address and password online in a random depository of mm. other people's emails and passwords. Yeah. Change it now. So it's public information. And usually a password is something that's personal to you. You're not going to be able to change every single place that you've put that password. Yeah. And that's dangerous. That's terrifying. What disgusts me is like sort of back on this young financial topic is it's kind of diluted the notion of hard work and getting money off hard work because there's so many content creators now that will be like, they will show them a video of them being like a high rise building and saying, follow us to find out how we got rich. Yeah. That, that, that's enough for me that, to draw the line. Yeah. Well, it did. I know what you're talking about, but the ones I always see would be, you know, it might be Gary V or Grant Cardone. <laughs> He's just playing or, devil's advocate. <laughs> or one of those guys. And they'll just, you know, they'll, they would say it's, it'll be like a pitch, uh, like a video of them at their, like a TED talk or one of those seminars or something mm. like that. And there's some things when they talk about, because they actually are business owners, when they're actually talking to other business owners in those seminars, it's like, you know, you make sure the customer, like the customer can actually like know prices for things straight away. It's like, those are good valid points, but mm. then they make other points where they think that everyone just wants to be rich. And yeah. I don't think everyone wants to be rich. I personally don't want to be really rich. You're I just comfortable. Want a, I want to be comfortable and yeah. have enough money and, you know, have some savings and have some bank and maybe have a house, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's a lot of people. And they always say, oh, it's in order to get rich, the first thing, buy a building, buy a massive building oh. and then rent everything out. And then after that, you know, do this and do A, B and C. And it's like, well, you know, some people want that. Some people can do that. And that is completely on them. They're yeah. allowed yeah. to do that. But do you guys want to do that? Charlie, would you, if you had the money, just buy a massive, like 70 story I, I building? I think Charlie would. Though. See, I, I fall into the problem where it's like, I either want to be rich or poor. I don't want to be middle ground, but I honestly think, and that's the whole point of today's topic. I think that's the problem with today's society. I think there's this 
like erosion of having a comfortable life mm. and there's like an eruption of either be, like either being the next Bezos and ripping off everyone who isn't Bezos. you. Bezos. Bezos. No, it's Bezos. Bezos. Yeah, I think it's Bezos. Yeah. Jeffrey Bezos. No, no one wants to be Jeffrey Bezos. Bezos. Jeffrey Bezos. I think, <laughs> I think we say Bezos. I think Americans say it's Bezos. Bezos. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to We're going to get into the topic of it tax sound, fraud. It sounds, yeah. it sounds like a type of pasta. It's like Bezos. <laughs> Bezos. Yeah. Bezos. Yeah. yeah, and I think there's either like, you either are going to be him or you're going to be the person that gets ripped off by him. And yeah. I think that's kind of the whole problem. Where yeah. it's like everyone wants to be him. Yeah, well, every mm. single billionaire has exploited something or another. So you look at the mining magnates, they're exploiting the planet. That's pretty clear. Bezos yeah. is exploiting, what is it, 10 million workers or something? Human rights. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> human rights. Like, Apple's exploiting child workers. And Nike's exploiting things. Like, to be a billionaire, to make that money, someone else has to make less. Yeah. Yeah. And you need to do it in bulk. That's, just, the, that's the way to do it. Just because I love quantifying these things, Jeff Bezos makes about $1 trillion a year, but his net worth is $237 billion. Do you know why his net worth is so different to what he makes? He doesn't give it back to his workers. He gives it back to his investors. And yeah. that's why his workers are so underpaid. Mm, and, mm. Uh, it's just disgusting, man. Yeah. Well, say so even... I think it was just a couple of months ago when the fire broke out in the warehouse. Do you guys remember reading that? Oh, I didn't read into that one, no. Six people died. A fire broke out in an Amazon warehouse and six people died. And he never made a public announcement. He never went on air and apologized. All he did was he just said, we'll pay compensation for their lives. And a massive thing blew up where it's like, he just assigned a dollar value to human life. Never gave any sincere apology. Yeah, what's life worth? Just put a dollar value on it. That's fucked. Actually, speaking of that, there was a movie that came out about the compensation to the people that died in 9-11. Patty, do you know that one? Oh, uh, worth. Yeah. As Michael Keaton Stanley teaching yeah. it. And it was literally... There he goes. And he knows about yeah, it. Yeah, well, that's yeah, the thing yeah. is, if I mention a movie, I just look at Patty and he'll get it. <laughs> no, it's actually, it's actually a really good movie because basically, uh, Michael Keaton, he plays the guy that works for um, the US... Like, so, reserve, reserve Bank or something? Not or? the Reserve Bank. I think it's like the... He's a, a district attorney or like who works for the senators or something like that. So, and he's brought on board to basically justify and make the formula to compensate every single person that's passed away in or, or you know perished in the tragic 911 mm. uh, yeah. attack is it yeah, yeah it's a yeah, attack yeah. yeah so and obvi- and obviously everyone on what view you have and, <laughs> sorry are you playing devil's advocate at 911 this is a red hot topic wow wow and basically they start and Stanley Tucci plays the guy that's basically like what are you got what are you talking about and he has a big group of like why is the formula justifying like benefiting the wealthy more than the poor? Because yeah. it says they put it to be that someone is worth what they are, what they make, not what who they are. Yeah. Because like yeah. one person, like one person that doesn't make any money died, and then she was you know a mother of three, um, you know had a family, had friends, everyone missed her, and was a big mm. volunteer in the community, mm. and she gets fuck all. Whilst you yeah. know the wealthiest person in the building gets you know. No one really fucking liked him, let's be honest. And then, you know, he gets everything. He gets everything, yeah. yeah. I would argue and say, you're not worth what you make, but you're worth, like, the value that you produce for the world. But you can't quantify that, man. You can't quantify value you produce. Mm. Well, speaking on that, I think it was under Reagan Reagan. Which one is it? Reagan? Yes. Uh, Jonathan, yes. Under the Reagan government... (laughs) (laughs) Under the Reagan government, they, um, they did a study to quantify a human life. And they valued a human life at one million US dollars. So they tried to take a lawsuit to make all you know at the back of trucks 
Yeah. How there's supposed to be like a steel card at the back so you can't, if you hit into the truck, you can't go under it. Yeah. So there's a big like steel plate so that you can't go under it. They took that to court to make that legal for all trucks to have that in the US at that time. And they turned it down and said no, because the cost of implementing that onto trucks costed more than their value of a human life. Oh, are you serious? So they wouldn't put it in. They said no, because it's was this economically study... inefficient. Oh. Was this study inflation adjusted? This... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. See, this is the problem I'm having. You can't break it down. You can't break down people to numbers as much as engineers do. And we... We do this a lot. Just yeah, breaking you guys down. Know about that. Yeah, exactly. Just like how much does it cost? How much? How many people will benefit? What is the net benefit cost? We love doing that, but when it comes to human life, it is a fluid calculation. There is nothing that quantifies how much someone is worth. I want to bring up this then because we're talking about like such a complex like calculation. Mm. The idea of happiness, and this is why I think people are roped into what these young investors are doing is they're chasing the Thank pursuit you. of happiness. Sorry. What are you doing? I'm He's just talking playing. about something serious and you're fucking around. I'm just playing around. I think like everyone is chasing this pursuit of happiness. And I think happiness is also just as complex as how much someone's life is worth. Like, yeah. like once, mm. what is happy? When you're happy, like eventually you'll get over what you're happy about. I think the idea is if you want to be rich, it's not to be happy, it's to be free. And this is why I think money can't actually buy happiness. Mm. Yeah. See, I think money helps, but. To that degree, I have a mate who he's got no money, like mm. none at all. Yet every time I see him, no matter what, no matter what time in the morning, no matter how hungover he is, no matter what, <laughs> he's the happiest bloke on the planet. He's always so chirpy. Maybe it's because he had a really good <laughs> night the previous night. <laughs> he's Usually always, the next uh, day you're not that happy. Like, that's, uh, that's impressive. Yeah. He's always on top of the world. Like yeah. you, nothing could hurt him. And even he's like come up to me heaps recently because he'll always be like, Oh, do you study in finance? Like, what's the next thing? And I'm like, I don't know. I yeah. study, I don't know it. Um, but he'll always want to know the next thing. And he tries, and he's getting like really uncomfortable that he doesn't have all the money at this age. And it's kind of silly because even though he's the happiest kid on the planet, he thinks he's not mm. because the fact that he can't be rich at this age. And that oh. kind of plays into the thing of like how much is money worth because oh. he's got nothing. And he's happy, so he shouldn't yeah. be trying to pursue everything. Yeah, but he exactly. still is, in oh, a way. Oh, do you guys actually see on, on like Instagram those tables and it says, this is what your net worth should be based on what age group you yeah, are? Like that. Imagine, Fuck so that. Like, imagine, like, I think between the age of 25 and 30, the average net worth is like 300,000 plus. I could name so no, many oh. people who like have much less than that. So imagine Mate, being that. All of us. <laughs> well, in a, this in Australia, because we actually did this in class, in Australia, on ABS statistics, this takes in all debt included, mm. so all hex debts, car debts, mm. credit card, anything. At the age of 21, because I've checked this, because of course you want to know, the average net worth of a 21-year-old in Australia is minus $2,430. Whoa. So less than zero. So, because my mate, he's really worried, and yeah. we were talking about this, and I was like, if you have zero dollars, Still You're in the top fifty percent, dude. That actually reminds me of one time there was an interview with Trump, and they was talking about how much of a dick he was. Sorry, political. Um, but <laughs> he walked past a homeless. He walked past a homeless man in the street. He goes, "I am jealous of that man because he is worth four billion dollars more than me right now." And that's the problem, man. Fuck that guy. Imagine being a twenty-three-year-old and then going on uh, social media and seeing these tables like. You should have two hundred thousand dollars to your name. Oh, yeah. No, and just going, Ooh. and then just going. Oh, okay. I guess I'm worth. Like, and this is why I think yeah. it's going to fuck mental health up. So that pursuit yeah. of happiness, no one's ever going to find it oh, with 100%. this financial stuff. Mm. I mean, like it, it comes down to: Are you comfortable? 
Patty obviously just wants to be comfortable enough to be able to go to a football game and not worry about the price, as we all do. I've said pretty it before. Worried, 30, pretty worried about today's Thirty dollars for a rugby league game <laughs> is too much, considering it's, we don't even get a seat. It's fine. No, it's more. It's the authentic. Again, we went to a fight. Um, a friend of ours went to a fight. We spent two hundred dollars um, for mm. mid-strength beer for two hours. This and, is more. This and is our friend beer. lost the fight. We didn't. I wasn't going to mention that, but James. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on. I got a button for this. <laughs> love you. Sorry, love you. I wasn't going to mention names just to clarify. Um, I mean, he's right here. Like, but the, the point being is, we always just. I think the idea of how much money and how much happiness that brings. You want to be enough where you you want to be comfortable enough with where you are. The problem is everyone's definition of where they're comfortable is different. I need to be a multimillionaire by the time I'm thirty. No, you got to be comfortable with who you are, where you are, what you want to do. And if people are telling you you need to be owning a yacht by the time you're 30, fuck that noise. Well, yeah, I um, think that's the whole plague because I think if you actually went to a trained financial advisor and asked mm-hmm. for advice, you'd probably get similar advice to what you just said. Like, you actually don't have to be everything at this age. Yeah. But maybe if you want it, you can start doing this, this, ETF, mutual funds, yeah. bonds even, if you want to go yeah. super low risk. But when you go on Instagram or TikTok and then some kid's just on a yacht and you're like, shit. Yeah, I'm missing out. I should be yeah. on that yacht. Yeah, but that's a one in a billion kind of chance there. Exactly. Probably there, not even his yacht. There's so many people who have made success and riches at such a late age. Wasn't it's the correct me if I'm wrong, Steve Jobs with Apple, like he started that quite late in his life. I think thirties? Yeah, in his thir- yeah. And like yeah. He, you look at Elon Musk, for example, started PayPal in his garage. Like he had nothing at the time. So mm. you could literally start from nothing. Don't be pressured to say, Oh god, if I've got nothing now, I've got to find these fast and quick ways yeah. to get rich. I've got to invest in this NFT and I've got to invest in this Litecoin. Like, that's... No. It's crazy. It's a crazy way to be. I don't want to quote Kim Kardashian, but I think I might. Some go. people just don't want to work hard these days. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, obviously that is that is an exaggeration. But at the end of the day, to, to become rich, to become comfortable, to be happy where you are when you finish... Again, you're not buried with your money unless you're an Egyptian and you get buried in a fucking massive uh, pyramid. You're not buried with your money. You just got to be living mm. comfortable. So a long, it's a long-term thing, investment mm. in making money and net worth is not something that comes overnight. That's fucked. I think also, even with professional data coming out these days, there's a very negative tone towards what's considered comfortable. And I think that's fading really quickly. So say um, the ABS released another statistic and to be considered a comfortable wealth and to be wealthy enough where you can live comfortable, which means any necessities or like nice mm. food that you want, you don't have to worry about. You have to earn per household over 300,000 Australian. That's to be considered comfortable. Whereas... Yeah, I think that's a that's an incorrect metric. I think, we, I think oh, it's yeah, crazy. Well, 300,000 is top tier wealth yeah, and to me. Yeah, obviously, if, we, if we're talking about what is the price of a human life, what is the price of being comfortable? That's yeah. not a calculation. <laughs> it's hard to quantify. I think that's that's state dinner money right there. Yeah. <laughs> That's degustation menus. Yep. <laughs> comfortable is living under a roof, being able to eat and drink every week, and then also having some time to socialize. To me, that's the definition mm. of what I'd say is comfortable. If you're struggling with that, then you know maybe there's a problem, but it's not like to the extent that people are making it out to be at the moment. Yeah. And like, for example, we're up to uh, what? How many podcasts have we made? 
40. 40. This is 40. 42. 40. We haven't made a dollar out of our podcast. <laughs> hey, you got a sponsorship? Yeah, we got a sponsorship. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. We're ambassadors, no sponsors. But like, the point being is we do this because we enjoy doing this. I like having these conversations. I'm oh, yeah, comfortable. Doing, yeah, exactly. I'm sinking money in this. If it makes money, great. My definition of being comfortable is I can retire and do the exact same thing I'm doing day to day, except I don't work nine to five. That's it. That's yeah. all I want. The alcohol for this podcast are expensive. A drink every time. So if you want, if you guys want to buy us a drink, like four dollars on Patreon is enough to buy us. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> yeah, that, that's all we ask. That'll get you like a, a quarter of a beer these days. Yeah, yeah. Let you, let oh, you just yeah. put into the sinking beer fund. No, get, get, get you a little pot. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, like. I know it hasn't like UK's inflation hit about 7.2%. So to get a coffee that's yeah. like five or six euros now, which is like 10 bucks. I think America just mm. hit their highest in 65 years, maybe. I think they just breached seven and a half percent. That is inflation. wild. Biden. Yeah. Biden. Biden. Yeah. Biden. Biden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Global economy. Sleepy Joe. Biden. Yeah. <laughs> I want to talk about this fear of the undesired topic again that we brought up earlier. So like with everything going on with crypto and NFTs right now, it's very dark and volatile. We talk about the stock market, for example. Let's use Paddy and Sean as an example. So Paddy invests in the S&P 500 and then suddenly a stock market um, comes in. Sorry, stock crash comes in. Paddy panic sells and then buys when it goes low again. Sean also invests in the, um, the S&P 500 dollar cost averages into it. When the market crashes, he still goes, you know what, I'm still going to do $200 a week. And then afterwards, when the market comes back, Sean ends up richer than Patty because he's followed the inflation even mm. during the um, recession. That's mm. basically the, the beauty of DCA. Do you reckon, Charlie, that you can use the DCA method for crypto and NFTs? Like, would, would you get the same outcome if Patty and Sean were to do the same thing? I think, yeah, I think honestly, yes. Um, obviously, crypto is at the point where it's volatile enough where it could, could just rug pull and you don't know. Like, no matter what strategy you have, you'd lose everything. But I think honestly with such a volatile market DCA is like your strongest approach because mm. trying to predict a market, there's only one Warren Buffett yeah. and even then he didn't predict He's markets. not doing that well in the last five years no. actually. Even then he just utility buys. Like yeah. Doesn't he say, didn't used. he say that Trump, no, no, not Trump, uh, Putin is the one behind Bitcoin? I'm not sure. He's a big sure. anti-crypto so I, I, would, I, I would probably I agree remember, with that. I remember he's like... <laughs> doesn't sound Japanese, man. <laughs> no, I, I saw I saw a thing where it's like, it's like, it's Putin's way of like, you know, like messing with, a, messing with the world or something like that. And I was like, I don't... I mean, It could be he's I mean, like the billionaire good, investment good, into it in the past couple of weeks maybe from I, Russia. I, I, I don't th- know. I think of Warren Buffett as the billionaire conspiracy theorist. He just... I, <laughs> I think what you said to me yesterday because we're on topic of finance, like you told me someone told you the whole Putin thing was him trying to make Ukraine financially free. That was you telling me yesterday. <laughs> and I heard that, I was just like... Yeah. <laughs> yes, got it. Got it in that time. <laughs> oh, damn. Oh, that was perfect. All, the, all these like conspiracies about Putin doing it for like the greater good of the economy. Just, I laugh every time I hear it. Yeah. I guess people try and make light of it. No, well, the thing is we don't know. We don't yeah. know what his mind is. We don't know actually like the end goal of anything. Because like it's all yeah. it's all up in the air. We can only know what we see, yeah. and you know we, we see it watching the news wherever you watch it. And some people think it's one thing. Some people think it's another. Some people don't even believe a war is happening. Some people think you know <sighs> that some people think Putin is a hero. Some people think he's a villain. Like mm. everyone has their own side to the argument. It's like it's like a different side of the dice almost. Like there's like six different options within. You know, if you roll another dice, there'll be six more. Yeah. I mean, yes, but that suggests that everyone's opinion is like equal value and equal weighting. And uh, I think 
if you're looking at a dice, I would say maybe a one, like a D&D dice. Maybe one people are like, oh, yeah, I support Russia. And then the roll faces from two to 20 is like, what the fuck? Did you not see the Russian cosmonauts who went to the um, International Space Station today? No, and I kind of don't want to talk about that. Oh, okay, because they dress because <laughs> their their uniform was yellow and blue, which is the colors of the Ukraine Ooh. flag. Just a heads up. Nice, could be Sweden. Could, <laughs> could <Yeah>. be Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> could, could, could be the Parramatta Eels. We just <laughs> <know>. <laughs> could be the Parramatta Eels. Never know. Oh. But yeah, back to it. Anyways, I think dollar cost averaging is smart because the whole point of it is to try to move like these market adjustments that you can't predict. Mm. So in a volatile market where it changes every day so much, mm. it's almost smarter to dollar cost average than in a stable market because you don't know where it's going to be tomorrow. Look, yeah, exactly. it's, it's always better than leaving your money in the bank because like because of inflation, your dollar becomes worth like 100%, 20 yeah. cents in like 10 years, especially in the current climate. It's so terrible. look, I'm not, we're not here to give financial advice, but if it was me doing it, I would dollar cost <laughs> average into the market. And eventually... You're going to be financially free when you're older. You're not going to get rich overnight, but when you try to get rich overnight, you carry that risk with you. So, mm. like, you know, I would do that now. And then when I'm older, I have the funds to be free. I, I, mm. I can retire comfortably because I haven't let my money die in the bank. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And if you want some real financial advice, you can add me on TikTok. It's get rich quick 420. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm a top. a new account. <laughs> My first NFTs are variations of the marijuana leaf. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll probably sell for a lot. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyways, we'll, we'll wrap it up there. That was some pretty good uh, financial advice and analysis team. Uh, always a pleasure. Charlie, thank you again for coming onto the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having and me. And we will definitely have you another one. Uh, see you lovely. all next one. Have a good day. Thanks for listening. To see more Engineering Dads content like this, head to our YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and I'll link below to see our other projects. Have a good one.